Welcome to Double Burst, the podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you the latest Dice Masters news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, one of your hosts, and welcome to episode 34. In this episode, we'll be talking about our 11th card, the rare Jinzo, the Justice League affiliation, and wrapping it all up with a look back at Uncanny X-Men. Yes, there are more things than Professor X. So before we go into all that, we'll kick it all off with a mini rules update with Dr. J. Okay, guys, we are kicking off the show with... You better believe it. Dr. J. That's right. <laughs> so you guys know what that means. It is, we got some brand new rulings in the WizKids rules forum. And if you guys have never been there, it's win.wizkids.com forward slash BB, B as in boy. Um, and they occasionally put on new rulings. And I honestly think somebody listens and is a fan of your voice, Dr. J. And that's why they put rulings out. They knew I was coming back for this yeah. for this I, episode, I, so I they th- put out a bunch. I think we may have disappointed them when they put, put out that 16 new rulings and you weren't here. I apologize, person. <laughs> it just, holidays are crazy. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right? And, and I was so wanting to, I was almost here for that too, but I just barely missed it. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right, so let's kick it off with... Um, Punisher War Journal and Allies, which is the Punisher from the Civil War set. So the question was, if I feel the Punisher die, then feel the character with Ally, do I get to choose the order in which I apply the abilities, or does the Ally go into effect as soon as the character enters the field zone? And if you guys don't know, Punisher's effect is when fielded, all other non-sidekick character dice you field for the rest of the turn gains Intimidate. So whenever you field a character with Intimidate, you may remove a target character die from the field zone until end of zone. In end of turn, which is you know it's a pretty effective way to clear the board. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, it's it's going to be a really really nasty card, and so I'm glad they ruled it this way. Um, basically, though, when you're looking at steps, um, it's this is a great example of when a die is fielded, it is in the field zone, and then it activates its when fielded effect. So when you field the ally die, it is first in the field zone. So you check and see is it a sidekick? It mm-hmm. is. So the when fielded effect that Punisher would have given it no longer applies. Yeah, I, I kind of like how they used it to kind of clarify some of these keywords like your allies and stuff, saying those are more static effects that are just instantly good to go at that yeah. point. Yeah, and it also works with other with other cards that have when-fielded effects, like Miri Riem, for example, is when-fielded, check all the lantern colors. She is her own lantern color, and she's mm-hmm. technically in the field when you activate her when-fielded effect. So it's that way with any when-fielded effect. Mm-hmm. All right, so the next one is Cloud Kill and KOing Regenerate Characters. I actually like this because I think we're slowly creeping towards this better and clearer understanding of what Regenerate is. Because we've had yeah. many heated debates on if <laughs> if it's a replacement or if the KO actually happens. And, you know, just a little, little bit of the ambiguity. Ambigui- uh, ambiguity. Amb- ambiguity. <laughs> wow, I can pronounce stuff. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so the question was, if Cloud Kill is used and KO characters would regenerate, um, does is the Cloud Kill camp block effect still in play for the ca- character since he's technically not damaged with the one attack anymore? Right. Um, and then he, he rep- and they reply, um, the ge- regenerated character would remember Cloud Kill's effect per this rule here, and it rules back to that one ruling that says regenerate is a KO replacement. Yeah. Yeah, and this is, uh, it, I like it because it does give us a little bit more information about regenerate. So a regenerated character more or less didn't leave the field zone other than it clears the damage, 
it really didn't leave the field zone. So all effects that it needs to remember still apply. So if you gave it a different affiliation somehow and it comes back, it keeps the affiliation. If you uh, did something like this where you said it can't block or it can't attack, when it comes back, it remembers that effect. Uh, the thing that I want them to do is I want them to stop making cards that are like regenerate but aren't regenerate, <laughs> like Alfred, you know, because Alfred doesn't say regenerate. Yeah. So do do does this ruling apply to Alfred? And I don't think it does. Yeah. So I, I would like them to... Yeah, I, I'd also like to clarify see. That, so, actually. like, I like how they clarified this a little bit, but I, I, what I really want to see is how it works in terms of like superhero registration act or a fabricate or things like that. In terms of, does that KO count or does it not? Yeah, that's back. interesting too, because yeah. you know, if I KO that character, if someone plays superhero registration act and it regenerates, do they still only draw two dice or do they draw three? I'm assuming they still they draw three because the character really wasn't KO'd. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's a um, interesting questions, and we're we're, we're hoping Wiz Kids listening will help clarify a little bit more about regenerate. Regenerate's we, been one of the most yeah. confusing ones ever, yeah. and, and we, I think it's an awesome ability too. And yeah, put them on some awesome characters. To yeah, have them. and we're moving in the right direction with these rulings, yep. so I'm happy about that. All right, and the next one we had to mention this just be well. I made sure we had to mention it because... <laughs> because <laughs> Do you like this card? Yeah, because we did mention it in our last episode, which is <laughs> Starhawk Precognition and Team Watch with multiple triggers. So it asks, if I have a Starhawk already in the field and I feel the Drax, who is a Guardians of the Galaxy, affiliation with Starhawk, both of them plus two attack. On the same turn, if I feel Ant-Man die, which has the Avengers affiliation, mm-hmm. after feeling Drax, do, does the Starhawk and... Um, and Ant-Man get the plus two or not is the question is, so they're asking, does T- Team Watch stack um, in terms of that? And they they replied, uh, Team Watch triggers, Starhawk gets an additional plus two attack, and Ant-Man gets a, pl- ad- and gets a plus two attack. This is true of Team Watch and is also true of other triggered abilities like Human Torch. Yeah, so any character that you field with Starhawk, Starhawk's going to get the plus two buff for each one of them that matches an affiliation. And this card is one of the few reasons I'm a little bit bummed that Age of Ultron is not in the Prime format. Because when they <laughs> come out with the new Guardian set in just, oh. a, in just a little while, I mean, yeah, gonna, I, there's going to be so much synergy there, I think. I'm, I'm going to build another Starhawk team. I mean, I love... I, that, he so, can be so such a, nasty. Yeah, I never realized how bad he was until actually, oddly enough, I played Ben one day yeah and i used him in that iron man and i swung him for like 16 and i didn't realize like how devastating it was because he only had one character it's like well yeah and you <laughs> use some dirt cheap avengers and just pump him up you know and slap a unblockable thing on him or whatever i mean you can do so much damage with him in one turn and then all those other characters little characters getting a plus two buff anyway mm-hmm. so and then you throw like a patch or something on yeah Ooh. He's fine. All right. So our last one, we didn't cover all the rules. So if you guys want to go check it out, make sure you go check out the rules for them. But we highlighted a couple of them. The last but not least one is target character versus breath weapon. So this is this is the question. Hi, yesterday I played Displacer Beast, Lesser Monstrosity, and I'm not sure I'm doing it right with its ability. If an opponent's global or character ability targets his character, blah, blah, blah. Could you tell me if we did it right? So versus a weapon breath weapon he he has two of them we said displacer ability was triggered since it received damage from the breath weapon and number two versus an energy drain such as mummy we said it was not triggered because it was not a target i assigned blockers to the mummy um and then so they were not quite sure 
on what they mean by target in this case, right? Yeah. So targeting is basically when an attack has to select a number of dice except for imprisoned. imprisoned. But any every other time in the game where an, an effect has to select a specific target, that's considered targeting. Breath weapon doesn't target because it basically sprays the entire enemy team. Every single character without any... You know, without any care about who's there, it just sprays them all. Same thing with energy drain. Energy drain also doesn't target because if I were to, say, attack with the mummy that has energy drain and my opponent blocks with four characters, every single one of those characters is getting spun down. I don't have to pick one to get spun down. Does it make you feel better because it helps your Killer Frost argument too? Absolutely. Well, (laughs) it kind of does. You know, we're getting there slowly, but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm playing it right. So, Uh, but yeah, so just... Just remember, if it if you have to pick a specific die, it targets. If not, it doesn't. Yeah, and you know, usually the biggest key is it usually says target or says a specific number or tells you to define. Yeah, a it'll say number. select die or target die, something along those like lines. All right, so those are our quick rules forum update. I'm pretty sure everybody's happy that you're back doing the rules forum. I'm happy. I'm back doing the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll have you back actually in a second to talk about our eleventh card that used to be. A mainline card, but now has been relegated to the 11th card. Yep. Okay, guys, we are back again with Dr. J. How are you doing, Dr. J? Doing Um, good. You feel comfortable back in this groove? It's 2017, so I'm still in that weird area where I kind of almost put 2016 on stuff, but... I'm slowly getting to remember. I, dude, I'll do that for the next six months. It takes me so long <laughs> to start changing my dates. Yep. So kind of speaking of the little bit of the new and old, we're doing our 11th card. And this card, like I mentioned in our previous segment, it used to be on, it used to be a meta card. And now it's kind oh, yeah. of fallen by the wayside, which is the rare Jinzo Trap Destroyer from Yu-Gi-Oh! Number 88. Um, and if you guys wonder how we decided to pick this one, we just took Jared's dice tower and pointed at a random die. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have right. two of them on there, don't you? Yeah, I glued them into my <laughs> dice tower, and then I tore the cards up <laughs> right in front of Zach. <laughs> yeah, crushed his soul. I think he still has one of them. Yeah, he took one of them. He's like, someday if they lax up on these number requirements, I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> Um, so if you guys haven't seen this card before, the bil- so it's a six-cost shield, and its ability is while this monster is active, your opponent must pay two life to use an action or a global ability. So imagine back in the day, long before any of these other cards came out, and everybody loved the PXG, right? Mm-hmm. Four PXG plus eight life. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It was a good chunk of your life. Um, I think that actually the real reason you don't see him played anymore is because of all these speed teams. You know, you've got people who are trying to get turn three and four kills, and to them, it doesn't matter how many times they play a global as long as it's not less than yeah. 10, yeah. they can kill you. And so because of that, Jinzo kind of got pushed way, way to the back yeah. and replaced with Oracle because she's, she's a cheaper. She's a four-cost and a mask, which goes a really... I mean, that's why I was using it. Yeah. It was, goes well with the mask ring team. And the real reason is because she doesn't just make them pay. She basically stops globals, yeah, or she slows them down so much that it hurts them. Yeah, because you can't just make up energy from out of anywhere. Yeah. Whereas life... Like we've mentioned before, it is a resource. You have 20 life. Yeah, you can pay those globals as many times as you can as long as you still have life to do it, and people would do that. And so Jinzo got overshadowed because he's more expensive, 
and because uh, he's a shield instead of a mask, and because of that, they can pay the life. Um, but I think that, you know, he's he if if he were in prime, he would be a super meta prime card. Mm-hmm. So there are actually a couple of cards that are similar to him. One that came out in the or one that's coming out in the next turtle set. I think it's Shredder or something. They have to pay one life in order for for every global or action die that they play. So it's not the same as Jinzo, but it's kind of there. And I think that you might see him get played. Yeah, especially the considering that globals are becoming a little bit more of a premium than a luck. You know, it used to be there was like tons of globals when you played against somebody. Yeah, there would be tons of globals. Now that's why Jinzo was really good, and that's why it was a meta card for so long because everybody had like. Their whole team almost had globals on, on all on all ten characters or on all ten cards, which you know makes it harder to use if you have something that oppressive. Um, but so it's it's kind of interesting to see how it's kind of shifted. And one thing that I think people forgot a lot: mm-hmm. Jinzo's actually a pretty BV body. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> he's got tops out like at a six eight or something. He's got a lot. Of, he's got some pretty high stats on level three, um, and. For that, for that reason alone, I mean, I, I think he's still a really good card. I mean, yeah, he's a seven five on his top end. Oh, is he seven five? Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty nice. Um, something else to look out for too. I mean, we say this is an eleventh card, but the common Jinzo is also a very, very good card. He's a five cost, same stats and everything, except his ability is when he's fielded, move all action dice in the field to their use pile. And the reason that I think that he is more meta is you're seeing these continuous it's, action dice yeah, the, come out more and more yeah, and the, more. Yeah, the meta has kind of evolved more for action dice. Where, yeah. Where, I mean, come, think about it. You know, a year ago, we were like Lantern Ring, and that's really the only action dice you could think of, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, and and look at it now. I mean, you've got Lantern Ring. You've got, um, you've Cold, got Gun. Cold Gun. You've got Imprisoned. You've got... Uh, Oh, you've got the D&D gear with the Satchel team. It's one of Ken's favorite teams in the world. It's I, an awesome I, team. I, I put I him on my it team when awesome. I play against Kenneth just for that. I'm like, send all that gear to the used pile. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, with these continuous action dice, they can have multiple of them in the field. They can have three cold guns in the field, and you're going to feel like you have nothing you can do at that point. So you field him, they all go. Yeah, unless you're playing me and my cold gun, like, it, I swear it never rolls on that. Oh, it's yeah. yeah. For me, it's like always yeah. the 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 basic action phase, not the not the any of the burst. Yeah, sides. like I was playing last last Thursday, and I think it rolled on its burst side once in like three matches. I'm like, seriously, it defies <laughs> it defies probability. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. But yeah, I think I think Jinzo is still a very good card, and uh, if you're playing in more casual events, you know, you're not always playing WKO style teams. He's probably a better choice to put on teams than yeah. Oracle in those situations. Yeah, because I mean, I think the drawback with Oracle and stuff is she's like a one-two attack at most. So yeah. if she gets forced attacked out, eh, but when your opponent has to look at a um, four, five, or seven attack, they're gonna think a little bit twice about force yeah. attacking out a. Uh, and on <laughs> top of that, she does nothing for action dice, and Jinzo does. Yeah. Jinzo makes them pay for action dice. So and. Action dice are getting a, to be a pretty heavy part of the part of the game. We talked about it last week. Action dice are important on teams, so Jinzo's good because yeah. he's got that double threat. Yeah, and I'm also interested too because I kind of want to see how well this Jinzo actually plays with the recently ruled on um, Maria Hill from Age of Ultron. 
that allows you to roll them. So, oh, yeah, that, that, that was always that was always a one drawback, right? Yeah, it, was, it, it took a while to get him out. I wonder how much quicker you can possibly get Jinzo out now. Yeah, from doing that. Yeah, I, I, man, I, I wish Age of Ultron was in prime format <laughs> so much. Like, can we just carve that one out? Like, cut, <laughs> cut it and paste it into the prime format because it's there's just so there's much just an stuff. asterisk between the list and it just yeah, has Age exactly. of Ultron. Also, Age of Ultron, like, and it's got like tape on the corners in the prime box. We should totally do that. How how would that be if say you know for their store one they did allowed like Age of Ultron and then for like the um, state it would be like instead of Age of Ultron it was like ASM <laughs> just oh. like slot <laughs> slot slot in a, a, a set <laughs> to see right? what people would do uh, yeah uh, that would be awesome you know I'm really excited when Guardians comes out and we can draft Age of Ultron and Guardians together oh, I think that would be so much fun yeah it's going to be awesome alright so before we go any other kind of words about Jinzo I mean because I the first I'm not gonna lie the first WKO I went to I had this on my team he wasn't even the mainstay on my team he's just a more of a utility character mm-hmm. people who saw him like oh, crap now I gotta play against a Jinzo yeah so. yeah he <laughs> used to be so scary so don't overlook him you know really give him some thought about putting him on your team because he's so good yep all right so we will have you back um, in a couple segments to actually look back at another old set Uncanny X Men. Okay, guys, we are back with Steve the Sage. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing well. I'm doing. I, I'm. This is awesome. Um, this segment probably was tailored to you and I because I think you and I are probably the more involved DC fans. Oh yes. Uh, um, and especially so, we wanted to talk about not the Green Lantern affiliation, even though we should do that. <laughs> we could go on <laughs> forever. Um, the, a little bit broader is the Justice League affiliation, which I, d- I don't think got a lot of love when Justice League came out because the villains were just so good in that set. Yeah, there were so many good cards, and, and there were so many poor cards in that set. Uh, we won't say the Flash, but... <laughs> Yeah, we so, will say the yeah. flash. All right, so so full disclaimer: um, when we look through this, the two characters that are the super rares in the set is Barry Allen and the Flash. Great, great, right? <laughs> great. Um, so we won't be talking about super rares this set, um, but where do you want to kick it off in terms well, of the characters? Uh, when you talk about a, a building a team with the Justice League, it's retaliation. Yeah, even from the first set. Yeah, and and this is I think this is where the villains kind of got a bigger. Um, Mainstay because the retaliation on Black Manta works entirely different than yes. the retaliation mm-hmm. that are on the heroes. So with Black Manta, it's however many villains that are on the field, mm-hmm. but with the retaliation for it's the how Justice many League, how many character dice have the, different character dice that have the retaliation? Because yeah, I it. think there's one, two, three. I believe there's four. Four. Um, uh, there's Batman. There is uh, Green Lantern, Aquaman, Aquaman, Superman, and a a cyborg. cyborg. Yeah. So, so, but those only deal you one damage. So you have to have all of them on the field. And for the longest time, that was hard to do. Yeah, because I mean, Superman. What was it like? Seven cost. Well, two two of the retaliations are six cost, and then the Batman's five cost. But um, okay, I I have to admit. The Justice League is what brought me into this game because I am a full-on, blown-out Justice yeah. League geek. Yeah, this is this is why you and I bought way too many feats. Exactly. <laughs> or like. I mean, it, 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 it you know, 
the the funny thing I've noticed about this affiliation is some of the mainstay characters are not the ones you really want. Yeah. You know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. I mean, like they're the, okay. Yeah. But your main ramp character, when you say Justice League affiliation, you're thinking about Zatanna. Because, uh-huh. I mean, she has her, like her different rarities are she's either she's fielded or when she's attacking, you prep a die uh-huh. type thing. Um, and, like, yeah, before Dice Masters, I didn't really look that much into Zatanna at all. Um, and, you must have been blind because well, she's cause, hot. I know. She's awesome. She's all, I mean, because like, prior to this, I didn't know uh, it was like Green Lantern. Cool. And he's part mm-hmm. of the Justice League, right? Yeah. I, I wasn't too much into like the full Justice League lore other than the big guys. But then I started learning about kind of these more side characters. I'm like, ooh, this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Cyborg, He, I, I know he's kind of a main Justice League character now. Now, now he is. Yeah, but, but he, he's he one of my favorite Justice League affiliated characters just well, of his different abilities. All, right? uh, all of his uh, rarities are very playable by themselves, uh, except for the retaliation one. But even that one's playable by itself. Uh, no, actually, th- that's the funny one. His retaliation one is my favorite one out of all of them, which is the uncommon. And it's when Cyborg attacks alone, he gets plus two attack and plus two defense until the end of turn. And this is why it doesn't make sense, because he has the retaliation on that one where mm-hmm. you want to attack with him but to me it feels almost like a mini wolverine it is and that's that's why i love love pl- playing with him because people tend to overlook that you're attacking with the cyborg and then you're like and then i boost them because his attacks a four five and a six yeah um, so you're, you're at least doing six damage which is nuts and and, and he's kind of a uh, you know, your last-minute Hail Mary, you want to finish the game off or something like that, if you can somehow make him unblockable, you know, you can bang him for 10. Mm-hmm. All right, so say we have kind of our retaliation. Out of all the retaliation characters, which one would you personally start out with? Cause Aquaman. Because I, 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 I know you've built a pretty kick-ass retaliation yeah. team. So. Aquaman. Um, and as far the, as retaliation goes, I would start with Aquaman. And is that one the rare? That's the rare. The rare. So when Aquaman blocks, you may move a different Justice League character from the use pile to your prep area. Which is and a great ability. And then he has the retaliation with uh, three, three cost shield and uh, three, four, five defense. So mm-hmm. he actually can block. Which he he can like. block. And you do block with him when you can. So um, as far as retaliation, I, I, I like the, the three cost the four cost and the five cost the uh four cost is cyborg the three cost is aquaman and the five cost is batman who not only has retaliation but when you feel the justice league character you gain a life which you know life yeah life game i mean that's people i think people underestimate that a lot it's becoming more and more important especially with the retaliation team since you probably are going to have the smaller field of the mm-hmm. two because you need to sacrifice those Justice League characters out to do the damage to them. Which brings us into the one character that makes the Justice League playable, and that is Katana, not Zatanna. <laughs> um, the common is a Justice League character. She has an amazing ability yeah, that when, so. when she's in the prep area or the KO pile, whichever... You can, and your opponent rolls a question mark, you may field her for the cost of one life. 
Now, that seems kind of high, but when you have Batman out there, it ne- negates it. Yeah, it negates it, and then you feel they're at level one with her one defense, uh-huh. um, and at a two-cost mask, you just attack with her again, right? Yeah. So and if, if, your opponent le- if your opponent lets it through, you're doing two, two, or three damage. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, you're, you're doing the retaliation damage, and she's going to be ready to get prepped and go- come back next turn. And plus... She's the one that when your opponent says you must KO a character, that's who you KO. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, and so I'm looking at that. So that's kind of your mainstay. At, um, what kind of other things do you want to round out when you're building your Justice League? Team? Okay, I, I, I like to throw Dr. Light on the rare. Um, and that's the when Dr. Light is active, opposing sidekicks deal you no combat damage, right? Yes. Because, I mean, that's probably what your opponent will start kind of, well, I wouldn't say walling up, but keep a couple around, right, to, mm-hmm. to make sure that they have some kind of blocker and it shouldn't do much damage except against that katana at level one because <laughs> that's yeah. going to get KO'd. And, and she nullifies uh, your ally, your opponent's ally abilities, uh, uh, specifically Foot Ninja. Mm-hmm. Um, just any ally, but uh, I started doing something with her, and I've been throwing on the uh, un- I think it's the uncommon. No, it's the common ring of magnetism, which says all sidekicks must attack opposing sidekicks. Mm-hmm. So if she's if you've got a Justice League character out there, and Doctor Light out there, and the ring out there. They're not going to have sidekicks. Yep. So, all right. So, apart from kind of making a full Justice League team, I mean, because it's fun to do a full Justice League team, but it is. If, if you're doing a little bit more of those competitive events, yeah, it's it's, it's not going to work. Yeah, it's not going. It's not going to work. Not a full much. Justice League yeah. team. Um, and oh, we left we left off kind of Wonder Woman and stuff, who kind of makes it cheaper to field. Um, your, well, your the thing about her is that she's a four cost. And by that time, you know, that's really not an issue. Um, Only Superman Mm -hmm. is the one that's going to make a difference. But um, the Green Lantern are all pretty good in the Justice League. Yeah, especially especially. if you're playing against people who love to play villains. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that Green Lantern, I played against the villain team one time, and it was just wrecking because his his, uh, ability is, let's see, let me get that up. Um, so one of them is when Green Lantern attacks, deal two damage to the defending character if you use an action that turn, which is always good, especially if you're playing a lot of, um, at, you know, if, if, if you're playing a lot of actions on your team, that's all, that's always good. Um, the one I'm thinking of is, oh, I'm thinking of Hal Jordan, I think. Yeah. No, the one, the one that I like is the one called Willpower, I believe, which gives all your other attacking characters plus two, plus two. Uh, let's see if we can find it. I believe it's the uncommon. Uh, yes, when Green Lantern attacks, so it's kind of a bigger bard. Um, mm-hmm. So it, you, you actually have to work for him. Um, and one of, one of the other characters that kind of think of that's outside of it that we haven't mentioned, and this was the character that kind of got me into Overcrush was that Martian Manhunter. That's mm-hmm. his only ability is Overcrush. Yeah. <laughs> He's a five-cost bolt, but... That was kind of my first Overcrush character I ever experienced, you know, played around with and played, you know, with Cone of Cold and things like that. So I, I, that he always has a soft spot in my heart for that. Now, there's one character that we haven't mentioned, and that is Firestorm. Yes. Oh, 
And where do we start? I mean, yeah, like there's all of them are great. All of them are, are are very good. The initially, I liked the rare one from the Justice League, which uh, when he's dealt damage, deal an equal amount of damage to target character. So it's you a, could, sort of like a Jocasta. Yeah, and it, w- what you could do is you know force attack or force block or something like that, and. Um, you know, just have something huge deal him damage. It may KO him, but he's going to wipe out something else. Yeah. Um, and then, so let's just go kind of down his rarity. So his uncommon from Justice League, it's when Firestorm attacks, deal one damage to target character player. He's a four cost, so he's one more expensive than Cheetah is, mm-hmm. but he gives you the flexibility of picking where that one damage goes to. Yes, yeah. and also he has a little bit better defense, I believe, than Cheetah. Yeah, it's a five six six, so he's he's going to yeah. be around. So th- that that's the nice thing about him is he's going to stay around to do that turn after turn after mm-hmm. turn. The next one is probably one of my favorites, and you you know I've built teams to. Yeah, it was the it. original Bolt team. Yeah, was which is Firestorm, Jason, and Ronnie. When, when active, when you feel the Bolt character, including Firestorm, deal two damage to target character or player. Um, I, I loved playing with this because this was one of those cards because when I first started playing Dice Masters, I still had that slight bias that you pay to win, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm like, oh, this is a common card, and I just need to put out cheap Bolts, and I can do awesomeness with it. So I, I'd, I'd always love using that these shield agents and big entrance and timing it right yeah where you can just throw them all into your bag at once and the next turn you, you're feeling like three of them yeah i, I yeah he, he he wrecked a lot of teams uh just like i say he was probably the original bolt team yep and and oddly enough firestorm is the counter to the to pure justice league teams yes his, it is his his op card was when firestorm is active your opponent may not feel justice league characters and they can pay two life to whoa what a useful card <laughs> yes that, that's a useful card now we go to the green arrow flash ones yeah which i i i love them combining this whole idea of Firestorm and his ability to transmutate stuff, so you need a little bit of everything uh-huh. for these ones. And he utilizes different energy types, even though he's a bolt. Um, the rare is just... Ugh. Yeah, so when Firestorm attacks, deal one damage to your opponent for each energy type, bolt, fist, mask, shield, of you know, of character dice in your field zone. So if you get mm-hmm. one of each, you're doing four damage each time. Yeah. And then the common is very good, too. Yeah, and so the common is when Firestorm attacks, deal one damage to target character die for every other character die in your field zone. So that's it's sort of like a Hulk, a targeted Hulk, um, mm-hmm. depending on how big you can get your field. Um, and his, his, his uncommon is not too bad either if you can give, no. him, if you can give him Overcrush, mm-hmm. where if you attack, if you have an active character for each energy type in your field zone, double his attack and defense, and he, he's already like... A, Three, four, five. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can get a pretty beefy yeah. character out there. And then uh, there, there is one Justice League character card that I initially really liked to play. Maybe Barry Allen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> How did you guess? <laughs> um, no, it was Superman from the starter set. Uh, uh, was, from the Justice League one. Yes, and I believe it's uh, Last Son of Krypton. Superman cannot be damaged during the attack step. Yes. Um, what a great ability. And it's so thematic, too, because I just imagine Superman just standing there getting all punched and, like, shot at him. It's like, dink, 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 dink. He's uh-huh. like not feeling it. Yeah, he's just not feeling it. And so you can use him to block. You can use him to attack. 
Um, if you can somehow throw overcrush on him, wow. Oh, he's so beefy. Yeah, and like, he's so big. The trouble is his yeah. feeling cost yeah. is three. Yeah. That's where Wonder Woman comes in. But like I say, you got to have her out before you even get him out. So, yep. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a great one. And let's not talk about Shazam. Uh, who? Yeah, exactly. All right. So <laughs> anything else you want to kind of mention about the Justice League affiliation? Um, just that it got strengthened with the Green Arrow Flash. Really relook at it. Um, you know the team that I played where I used, utilized Katana and Batman and then just the whole retaliation thing. If you can throw something like, oh, I don't know, um, Blue Eyes on there, <laughs> knock out one of your characters, go ahead and knock out Katana. Yeah, it, you know, there's a good chance she'll come back, and you know, if, like I say, if yeah. you have Batman out there, psh, that, yeah. that nullifies the cost. Your, your opponent just bought all your superhero registration acts; you still can recover from that. Exactly, um, and uh, then if you can throw on a golem or something like that with a retaliation team, wow! Mm-hmm. Especially if you have the, the what I call the big three retaliation on there. All right. Yeah, so Steve, thank you. You guys at home, if you've ever built a Justice League team or you have any questions or comments on it, shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. All right, Steve, we will have you back along with Dr. J and the KO King for a roundtable on Uncanny X-Men. All right. Okay, guys, we are back with Steve the Sage. Hello. Dr. J and the KO King. Welcome, gentlemen. Um, I we've gotten really good feedback on kind of these segments where we go back and look at old sets. So I went through the list to look at what we've done. We've done the AVX, of course, and then we did, did Yu-Gi-Oh! way, way back when because Yu-Gi-Oh! was awesome. And I remember it was you two guys, too, that went for like Yu-Gi-Oh. 20 minutes on Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good set. Yeah. So we decided to go for the next one, which is Uncanny X-Men. And er- most people, when you say Uncanny X-Men, what do you, what do you guys think? Uh, something with a bald head. Yeah, uh, Professor X Global, and then nobody thinks of anything else in the set, right? And what? It, what Pretty much, what is yeah. Professor X Global, what does that do? Um, makes Jinzo awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when we're what, talking about the bald character, I thought we were talking about Juggernaut. I thought is he bald? I don't think he's bald. He's under totally the helmet. bald is under he? that helmet, isn't he? I can't remember. Can somebody? He's got a, he's got a bald helmet. Uh, I'm probably losing he's freaky a, cred. He's not he's not bald underneath unless you look at one of the X Men movies. <laughs> okay. Oh well, that's that's the whole source. That's where you go to for the source on X Men lore, right? The movies. Sure. sure. <laughs> anyway, so what we wanted to do is kind of feature some of our favorite cards that I don't think a lot of people talk about. Um, in terms of uncanny and, and X-Men. So let's get some of the easy ones out, like Iceman, too cool for words. If you've ever yeah. played a Lantern Ring, you've probably used this card. Um, probably the first energy fixer. Yeah, right, that, yeah really... fir- that works amazing. Right. That we've never seen another energy fixer work like that. Um, and that, that's, of course, you pay a bolt, and you can turn any of your sidekicks, including the ones that are fielded, to the bolt face, which obviously that's why it makes it awesome for a ring team. Mm-hmm. Um, but where do you guys want to go kind of after that? I'll start with my favorite, which is Toad. Of course, the, both the, all of them? Yeah, all of them. All of them? Mm-hmm. But they, the they, rare is my favorite. Yeah. Th- that makes everyone attack, right? No, or no, that picks, that picks one yeah, to attack. That common makes everything. Right. right. So yeah. the rare is while Toad is active, your opponent ends his main step. Choose one opposing character who must attack his turn. this turn. 
that character takes two damage. If it's on the burst side. Right, on the burst side. And then the uncommon, while told Toad is active, your opponent commits a character to attack. Choose one opposing character who must also attack. If Toad blocks that character, cut its attack value in half. And then the uncommon, which is actually very popular around here, back in the day when Lantern or the uh, War of Light came out with Vicious Struggle, was while told Toad is active, each opposing non-sidekick character must attack. And opposing characters take two damage on the burst side. So that used to be kind of the, and I think Steve ran that quite a bit, was the Toad Vicious Struggle. Yeah. And it, it was brutal. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, back when Vicious Struggle really, was fun. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, back when Wow, we were business. sounding really old at Crusco. <laughs> back in my day, Vicious Struggle was actually fun. <laughs> That's before Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think a, an, another card that gets look, overlooked is uh, Cyclops Field Leader. He's an uncommon five-cost bolt, and his is while Cyclops is active, whenever one of your bolt characters deals damage, increase that damage by one. And so I'm just thinking of him paired up with like a bolt ring team again with the bolt like was I mean, the set like set for bolt ring teams yeah I, really uh, but you seriously you have like four cheap bolt characters in the field and if you have one bolt in the field they're each going to deal four damage plus they're going to deal another four damage because he's giving them all an extra one on top of their regular damage so I mean, you pair him up with a bolt ring team and he could be really nasty. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that WizKids, is, this is kind of weird. That's the melding of the two worlds is that there's this Marvel set that pairs really well with this DC set, mind blown. Right? <laughs> so that another one is Ant-Man is where we get the global that's still used quite a bit, even in competitive, that uh, the global is pay a fist and switch attack and defense values of one of your characters. I know that's one of Zach's favorite globals. Yeah. It's uh, interesting to me because Ant-Man is that guy that I look at that is, like, super square, nice cut. All my Ant-Man dice for this set are, like, a perfect square. They don't have rounded corners no. or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, true. Hey, as far as alternate art goes, that Ant-Man common is really, really boss. Yeah, that it's pretty cool. And actually kind of think of alternate art and a little bit of the OP cards. I think... Kenneth would not forgive us if we didn't mention. Technic technically, it, um, it belongs to the, for the Uncanny X-Men OP, which is the Apocalypse. Okay, we, we mentioned it. We can move on. We were, I love that. <laughs> it's a fun card, bro. I know, I know. It's a fun card. I know. It's good. Um, but while we're in the kind of the lands of OP cards, even though I think some of these aren't using die from the Uncanny set, uh -huh. um, Russ, did you want to mention a couple of your favorites that are actually the OP ones? Uh, yeah, I really... There's a, a great combo in OP... Uh, in this set with the Marvel Girl Humanity, when you are attacked, you may spin up Marvel Girl one level and do two damage or and gain two life. So it's a chance to continually gain damage as long as you can spin her down. There's a Kitty Pride in this set or in the OP set for this that you may spin down a friendly character with X-Men affiliation and give Kitty Pride plus two attack and plus two defense till end of turn. So it's kind of this two-card combo where spin down, spin up, gain life, gain life, gain life. And if your opponent's not hitting for more than two, you're going to be okay. So, And then there's there's a, a bunch of really good things. Well, in this. The, there's the, a card that I've... There's the unblockable Kitty Pride, too. Right. 
I've never done great with that. I mean, you guys played it. I always, I always like playing against it because I just use the global against them. <laughs> yeah, <That's> true. <laughs> when I first started the game, a lot of people played it, and so maybe that's what turned me off. But I always felt like that global was somewhat of a counter. Obviously, you can still do it because the global says, "Pay a mass target character cannot attack this turn unless your owner pays one life." So she's still getting through unblocked. But, but that, her, that her, one life's going to start right. out. But the, the net gain is less because of the global. Right. And her yeah. attack is three on the, the level three side. So, yeah. you know, I've never really done well with it, but I know it gets a lot of play. Yeah. And and so before we kind of go on to more characters, because there's still a lot of characters, like the more you look into Uncanny, you're like, whoa, there are a lot of cards. Let's, let's kind of cover some of these basic actions that... Some of these are actually getting re, um, reprinted. Some of these are very popular. Um, first one is probably Imprisoned, of course. It came course. from Uncanny. It, it's, isn't that kind of crazy that this is the third set, I think, that came out? Yeah. Se- second, yeah. Or, yeah, third set Something that came like out. That. And it took this long for Imprisoned to become super popular. I don't understand. I, I, maybe it's because uh, fielding costs yeah. were generally higher in these older sets. Yeah, if you look at the fielding costs in this older set, there's not... A lot that have that yep. cheap fielding cost. Yep. And yeah. this is actually one of the sets that has a basic action that is banned, Relentless. Well, of course. Which, which is um, spin this this die to the generic energy side, reroll a character or sidekick from your Zerple. It's not bad, right? I actually like that ability. I wish... The, but it's the global that right. kills it, is pay mask and then target cannot block. I really wish WizKids would just errata these um, globals out. Because they did the same thing with with uh, Swords of Revealing Light and Yu-Gi-Oh! And I can't tell you how many times I've been like, I want to play that action. Um, but I can't because it has the global on it. So that, that, that they banned those cards kind of bugs me a little bit rather than just eroding them Yep, away. and then last but not least, and also getting reprinted, is Transfer Power, which is roll a character, die from your use pile. If it rolls to a character face, field it no cost, otherwise put it in your bag. But it's the global, and I swear Zach what has my number. What a pile of garbage. He has my this number is, when it comes to this. This is my least favorite basic <laughs> yeah. action in the entire game, like I've said before. So obnoxious and, and in, in our in our meta locally here it's probably the number one basic action used in drafts yeah and so. it works perfectly in this set too because you get that uh uh falcon that makes sidekicks unblockable and so you have you attack with him and some sidekicks saves a few shields for transfer power and then you make all those sidekicks have whatever your opponent has in the field their attack and then there's nothing you can yeah, do about you it. Swap in. So that Falcon's yeah. starting to get overlooked. I don't think yeah, it gets played with forget. all the yeah. ally yeah. out there. He was on my first competitive team, and he is was a he was good opponent man. to it. I mean, he's he's amazing. Well, actually, the last WKO, the team that I lost to, had a Falcon on the team. I I was able to control his entire team until he started buying this Falcon, the Falcon, and then I was just like, oh man, I don't have enough counters for that because he was playing Gobby and he was playing. Uh, foot ninjas and he was playing and then he played falcon and i was like i can control your gobbies i can control your foot ninjas i can't control all three of them at the same time <laughs> so he's great for sidekick teams um, and i'm surprised you don't see him played more and in set there's nothing to counter him right and you only need especially with the allies you only need remember four characters of five attack and a falcon so back in the day i had to use three or four buffing sidekicks right now you have you know ways allies that have higher attack that you can also buff and i think it would speed it up quite a bit yeah and especially with that foot ninja that's a ally 
Uh, there's there is one basic action that saw a little bit of play, at least locally, but that was take that villain. Uh, once Joe Costa came out, people yeah, were is, running Isn't this that. ambush? Still? Yeah. That, so that that's that's another great one because I think nationally most people tended to use the Mjolnir uh-huh. one, but take that villain. It still it works better, and or I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't say better, but it works as effectively. Uh-huh. Um, in terms of that, but I was going to ask you: Isn't this ambush one the one they're reprinting? I <laughs> love ambush. I'm not sure. I actually. use ambush quite a bit. Really? Yeah. If if you're why would you so, play ambush instead of uh, betrayal? It because seems... it's plus one for each character in my field. So if I'm each using... character your opponent has in the field, right? So, but my betrayal just deals them damage for the characters they have in the field. Right. But it depends on what I'm using on my team. If I have like an overcrush or those kind of things. Right. So, well, betrayal's better, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much does betrayal We're talking X Men here. It's probably four costs. Yeah. Uh. So. And then I also, the other one that I like in this set is uh, feedback. And I love mm-hmm. feedback. It's a three cost. You pair that with breath weapon, and it is just awesome. Deal, you deal one damage to your opponent for each of those characters that are knocked out for the rest of this turn. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I like to knock things out. So, <laughs> surprise, surprise. That's also on the docket is possibly coming along with my X twenty three team. So, mm-hmm. um, and w- one of the ones that I always like is Namor. Um, oh, is it the the un the rare? Uh, no, no, the I, common. I like the common because if you have at least two other characters fielded, he's unblocked. Yeah, he was really nasty yeah, in this set too. He, he's he's a good draft card for three, yeah. four, five. Oh yeah, um, you he, definitely da- draft him. You, you draft him, and like he can win you the game. It's it's crazy how like you play Neymar and it's like boom. It's almost like he got overlooked as the uncommon because his common is pretty good too. The four costs that can deal that can cancel an action. Mm-hmm. So. Timing, I always thought, was a little weird with that one. Yeah, I'm always hesitant to play that name more, too, just because in the back of my mind, I had actually a co-worker who, like, insisted that Aquaman and Namor are the same character, and he was like, Namor's cooler. And me, like, Aquaman had a hook for a hand. He's way cooler than <laughs> so, Aquaman the, uh, could talk to fishes. <laughs> the the OP Namor, the alternate art, is actually really nice. I like the, I like the artwork that, on that. That is good looking. Yeah, it's just the uncommon reprinted, but it's really nice. Yep. Should we mention any of these super rares? <laughs> Are there I, I super like, rares in this set? I, I, like, didn't, I didn't know there were super rares. There, there's also, you know, more than just Professor X. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, there's Professor X, and then there's uh, the the alternate art Professor X, and then there's the, the foil, foil version Professor X. <laughs> I'll bite my um, tongue on super rares until I decide to talk about a certain ability in this set. Well, I, I do like the Scarlet Witch super rare. Yeah, she's pretty good, actually. Yeah, when she's active, you may re-roll any, of your di- any or all of your dice one additional time during the roll and re-roll step. The I problem is that's been reprinted several yeah. times. And it's actually cheaper now. Yeah, on yeah. better cards. So yeah, I, I she do, was good at in, I do think she probably was the first super rare I pulled out of a draft. So really? that's cool. Was that? I don't know. I'm a Scarlet Witch fan. What can I say? So my question is, She-Hulk, Lady Liberator, was she the first one that had to be blocked by two or more? Yeah, because I always like using her. She's a seven cost, or a five cost, seven attack, but they have to block her with two. If they can't, 
and she goes through. Yeah, I remember Steve kicking my trash in the draft with that too. Actually, yeah. the, oddly uh, enough, a lot of my memories with you, Steve, is when you kick my trash with cards. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, the uh, the That's, OP <laughs> the OP She Hulk might have been one of the first cards that OP cards that I ever got. And I remember trying to figure out a way to make her work, and she's just so bad. This is one of the examples of like one of the worst OP cards ever made because she says She-Hulk may only attack if your opponent has a character active. So if their field's empty, she can't attack. But it's a five-cost fist, and she's got other five-cost fists that, like <laughs> that one, can only be blocked by two or more characters. That's a thousand times better. Why did they make that a, a card? Other than the fact that her the art is really awesome <laughs> on that OP card, it's so bad. Have you guys ever played a card? I don't know if I'm the only one. Based strictly on the you art. You are the only one we can answer that based, right now. No, I, no. I think I've played cards based solely <laughs> because they look cool. That's, what, like, that's why Hal Jordan gets played all the time. <laughs> that's why yeah, I was so yeah. adamant on making Killer uh, Frost yeah. work because I loved her art. So, <laughs> the, I think we'd be a mess if we didn't mention Pyro's. Of I think, course. I think that, all the pyros think, are very it, usable, very playable. Yeah, it was. I think the pyro is the key to making those infinite burn yeah. engines um, out there because I remember. Why do why are all my memories of you guys when you guys beat me horribly? Like Kenneth beat me using this one time in like a manticore. Because <laughs> it's it's, tra- it's traumatic. That's why. <laughs> it's because you're we're such friends for you. Yeah, I think I think I, I I shied away from playing Pyro just because he had so much text on him, and I didn't <laughs> want to bother reading. Is it. Is that why you don't play a Super Captain Universe? Yeah, well. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I, I honestly, I shy away from cards that have a lot of text, like Squirrel Girl. I'm never going to play that because it's just like it takes too much to read. Because you read. You, okay. So full disclaimer, your, your day job, you pretty much read all day. Yeah. Yeah. This, all I do is read all day. I don't want to sit here and read paragraphs and paragraphs on a single card. Um, so I actually don't know what Pyro does. So before we actually go into cards that have paragraphs and paragraphs of text, you guys want to cover any other characters before we go into this? Uh, Psylocke, uh, rare, Kwanian Assassin, I think is a great is that card. The, the it's a two-cost mask. mask. Yeah, the original and, character removal. Right, and you pay two masks when filled to, to remove a character. Um, I like great, it. but there is that two-cost mask. So if you're yeah. if you're not running PXG, this is one of those abilities that is pretty expensive. Um, I like the Black Panther rare. Ooh, yeah, he's, uh, let's see, where is this ability? Um, if, Black is, if Black Panther, Panther does, does not, not attack, attack, you can choose a non-fist character. That character can't block. I, I kind of like his uncommon a little more. Just you would. Because he gets plus two when attacking. <laughs> and he's he already topped, plus eight. I know he's, he's already eight. eight attack on level three, and it's like you, you make him ten. Uh, you know, if you, and he's if not you, an Egyptian god. If you make him on, yeah, <laughs> he's he's like half the cost of an Egyptian god, and you you make him unblockable, and boom, your opponent just took ten damage. Nothing they can do about it. That's uh, his stats are insane. Yeah, and so I, on cable, cable is the same way that with the blocking. There's a lot of blocking manipulation. Yeah, in this he, set. His, his global is a little expensive, but I think he was kind of that original right. force block type idea. Right, uh, you have the, the uncommon that when blocked, deal two damage to each opposing character. And then cable, the rare is if when cable is blocked, pay two bolts to have him damage your opponent as though he were not blocked. So a lot of these abilities are things that we're starting to see again. But his global is almost like a targeted cloud kill. Mm-hmm. Deal one damage, that character can't block, and it costs two bolts. Yep. I, I would be remiss not to mention Mr. Sinister, Nasty Boy. 
One, because I think the art's awesome. Two, I just love saying nasty boy. And three, his ability's awesome So <laughs> with his global. So while Mr. Sinister is active, whenever a villain is knocked out, either players deal one damage to your opponent. So it's kind of like a retaliation. And then his global is paid two bolts. Each player chooses one of his characters to take three damage. This was my go-to when I built the Jocasta team. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, he's the kind of thing that, like, if you have a villain maker... So you have a villain maker and uh, lantern ring that gets a buff for every villain. You know, Mr. Sinister, you make them all villains, you do some KO work, so you're getting all that retaliation plus the buff of, you know, either Tin Head or Lantern Ring, and you know, so you got all that fun stuff going on. So it pairs really well with villains or anti-villains. Now, there's, there's uh, Angel... Is actually pretty good. Oh yeah, the uh, the one that buffs up your sidekicks while she, while he's attacking. But there's a, another overlooked one, which is uh, the uncommon. When Angel attacks, all your shield characters yeah. must be blocked before Angel dice can be blocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, like oh, he's a shield man. I'm I'm seeing all these shield characters now. I'm like that Maria Hill from Age of Ultron. It's asking me to put together a shield team. I know. <laughs> I, I love that ruling. It's so good. So this uh, the common mystique is one that I like that I that I think I'm going to go back to and put with X23 because she gets plus one plus one for every uh, die in my prep area. Mm-hmm. So she would also get the plus for for die in my area. Would the die still be in the area if I'm rolling them? Right, they're still in yeah. the prep. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they stay in your prep area yeah. after they're rolled. Yep. So. All right, so now we have to get to this point where I think um, Jared, uh, Jared and I are going to take a break. Yeah, and I'm going <laughs> to take a nap. But in this set, they also introduced a new key, a, a brand new keyword. It was called heroic. This is the first keyword. No, was it the first keyword? Uh, they have keywords in AVX. I think they had the keyword. They had app, right? No? It's, it's one Maybe of the best. Yeah. But, but it's anyway, one of their first attempts at a yeah, keyword. One of their first attempts at keywords. Um, and so we have an expert because he is the only person I've ever seen in my entire life make this keyword work. So, Russ, <laughs> do you want to talk about heroic? I, I actually love this. Okay, actually, we're done. I, we're done. Yeah, yeah. Should, actually, should I ask, are there any bad heroics out there? Oh, my gosh. Angel is terrible. <laughs> so there are some bad heroic. Angel is is not good. His heroic is... And it's unfortunate because it's when low fielded, cost, it's angel a may pair up with a different heroic character in the start of your next turn. Once per turn, angel while angel is paired up, you may pay a shield to give angel and his partner plus two defense. Yeah, so heroic you pair up until the end of next turn, which I think a lot of people forget because they think it's till end of turn like right. normal effects. So like storm, if it ended on my turn, it's not good, and hers is helps with action, so things can't be targeted. Right, so when fielded, Storm would pair up, and partner can't be targeted by action die. So if it's just on my turn, that that's not very good. But when you bounce till the end of next turn, you can control that. There's there's a reason why I like heroic. It works for my play style. If when you're playing with heroic characters, you can't just put them in the field and and leave them there because you have to their abilities cycle them. Right, so. If I'm ever getting bored or not enjoying the game a lot, I usually will pull out my heroic team because it gives me that. I think that I've, says enough right there. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to keep moving my characters 
And it kind of gets me back to where I want to start trying some new things. So that's why I like it. And the initial, you know, I'll, I'll cover one team that I feel is pretty competitive. Everybody kind of laughs at it. But once I get my pieces in place. Russ, I'm not going to lie. We generally just laugh at you. I know. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> but if you get your pieces in play, you will win the game at the end of your opponent's turn. So um, the what you do is you are you need one card that's not in the set. We've already mentioned her, Jocasta. She's kind of a linchpin that helps this all go. Oh, this, yeah, and bring a whiteboard, guys. Uh, <laughs> it's not that bad. So there's a couple five-cost characters. You have Captain America. While Captain America is paired up, he gets plus four, plus four. Now, there are a lot of questions, and if, if I ever get to the point where I want to play this really competitive, I have a list of questions to ask WizKids, but I don't know how much it'll be answered because no one really plays I, that. About what? Just... When they pair, how they pair, the way we play it here is is that the the characters pair up and then it would stack. So I can take a Captain America and pair it with Iron Man, and then I can add Storm, and Storm would pair with Iron Man. Storm yeah. and Iron Man would have one ability. Captain America and Iron Man would have another ability, but they would both get each other's abilities. So you'd have one character paired with two. Other right characters, characters. Yeah. right? Yeah. I think We're, that's totally legitimate, right? Yeah. I mean, so that's the way it's played. But I, I have a feeling if you got into like a WKO and you're like, "This is all that I'm doing," people would be like, "What? That's not how it's played." You know what I think is so overlooked it is Taskmaster. You know, he copies keywords, and these are keyword abilities. I think they, they they ruled something on like a rare war on the rare worth that the heroic text doesn't pair up properly or something like that. That doesn't yeah. make any yeah. sense at all. I think it's a timing thing because it's when fielded. Heroic is a weird when fielded. I don't know. Yeah. But I remember... But, yeah. we, no, no, because the ruling today that we talked about says that basically a character goes into the field Ooh, and then ruling. it checks yeah. for and then it checks for the abilities. That's why sidekicks, or that's why allies are considered sidekicks when they're fielded and so they don't work with the Punisher. So I think that if you have taskmaster in the field and then you field captain america i feel like we've had you this can discussion. pair them up together Again. and they would both get plus eight <laughs> they would both get plus eight plus eight because he would have captain america's heroic text and then you pair them up together so you right. they both get it and if you have taskmaster in the field and any other heroic characters he has all of the heroic text so you pair captain america up with him and captain america and taskmaster both get all the heroic abilities in the field. There's one trouble with that. What's that? Uh, Taskmaster is not in this set. Yeah. It, 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 does, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're trying yeah. to make heroic work. we yeah. got to bring in cards outside of the set. <laughs> hold on, to do hold that. on. Let me, <laughs> so, so let back, me, yes. let me explain. Because so, so I believe team. that yeah. this combo works. I've used it. I've used it in a tournament. And when it gets to a point, your opponent can't stop you because of what you do. So... So I have Captain America in the field. The other one that you, you use specifically with heroic, if you're not doing a full heroic team, these are the two that you usually use. Captain America that gets plus four, plus four for him and his him and his heroic partner. And then you use Super Rare Spider-Man, one of the good Super Rares from this set. The other one I would say... Off, Seriously? Offbeat, yeah. Offbeat of... Okay. S- Offbeat from heroic, 
Iron Man Industrialist, I think, is a pretty good mm-hmm. super rare. He doesn't take damage from villains, and he has a villain maker. So I think he's a viable card. So Spider-Man superhero is, and by the way, subtext-wise, I think all but maybe two heroic uh, superhero is your subtext. It's yeah. the... There's so. one... I think Wolverine says yeah, anti-hero. Wolverine. You're right. So Spider-Man is, while Spider-Man is paired up, when he or she, when he or his partner are knocked out, each deal its attack damage to a bolt or mass character. Now, I am probably the only person in the history of the game that had to... F- Search for this card to trade. <laughs> I remember. For playing purposes. I did not want it for a completion. I needed this card to play. Did I ended up trading trade a ring, a ben, lantern ring you for it. You traded Ben for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, you were hunting it down forever, too. Yeah. Because I, I had. pulled it in like a crap draft or something. Someone <laughs> passed it to him, and he was like, I guess I'll take it. I had this idea for this team for quite a bit. So, I mean, it's weird that I like opponent you know that you knock out so let's just paint the picture here i've got blue eyes these two heroic characters and jocasta now with the reduction pxg and all that it has not taken very long to buy these so i take spider-man and i filled him spider-man is a nine on level three and so is captain america so ideally they're both on level nine or on line nine now they are paired up until the end of next turn which is important for this so priority gets passed my opponent gives it back to me I blue eyes my spider-man and I deal Jocasta nine damage and then pick someone you know and then that will go and hit my opponent for nine because I hit Jocasta so I can't use Jocasta again this turn but when it's my opponent's turn they he pass passes you priority. me priority. You deal him another I ping nine. my Captain America and do the same thing, and I've dealt him 18 damage during those two priorities being passed. And if the listeners out there want to know, we will not be posting a flow chart for this. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even so, his worst Yeah, this team. is a mild one, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so you have – there's also other things you can do with it, but if you need speed – and competitive right there, that's the best way to do it. But you also have rare, rare, uh, the rare Hulk, Red Hulk, that plus three. So you could you could buff him up again. You have Wolverine, I think. And Wolverine actually has two heroic characters. Um, his, his, I forgot. The best there is, probably one of the best characters to run for an Overcrusher. Right. Yeah. 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 But there's, I mean, Wolverine has anti-hero and superhero uh, one is when paired up, he and his partner can only be blocked by two or more characters, which is not a bad ability when you're buffing a plus three or a plus four. And then um, the anti-hero and then the Iron Man, they're they're going to stop damage. So if you're playing a game where you like to like roll things in and out, I think this is a, a great ability, as weird as it sounds, to help the creative juices to just get things mm-hmm. going because you're you have to constantly worry about what's in the field what i want to knock out what my opponent's doing so like i said if i'm if i get stagnant into the game i go to this because i, I like to get that but i'm telling you knocking two guys out on your on those <laughs> approach you know your opponent's sitting there thinking 
what's he trying to do? And then you blue eyes, boom, Jocasta, that's nine to you. And then they pass priority, boom, that's nine to you. That's game. Thanks. <laughs> yep. So the KO king has speaketh. Um, guys, thank you so much for talking about Uncanny X-Men because I really think this set honestly gets a short shift because everybody just thinks PXG, and then that's all you need from that set, right? Mm-hmm. For so, the record, P. Professor X heroic is terrible. You'll, you'll not need to play that. <laughs> On there. So if you guys have any experience with Uncanny X-Men or if you want to try heroic and stuff, shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Um, guys, thank you so much for this. Um, I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you all later. And that's it for this episode of the Double Burst podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. What do you guys put in your Justice League team, and what do you think about Uncanny X-Men? Let us know by sending us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leaving it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Of course, check out doubleburst.com for show notes, past episodes, and really, really cool articles. Big thanks to Game Haven Sandy for giving us a place to record. Um, if you guys live in Utah, make sure you guys check them out. And if not, check them out online at yourgamehaven.com. They have a awesome Dice Master single store. Of course, big thanks to all of you guys. Thank you for listening. And until next time, my friends, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor. Bye.